Welcome back to the We Are Wayfarers podcast. This is Ben and Crystal Woods. Together, we lead the Brave Way Home, a discipleship ministry aimed at calling and equipping fellow wayfarers, fellow believers to deeper living with eyes fixed on Jesus and hearts set on heaven. And we're back with another round of episodes, season three continued. And we're excited to jump back in and carry the conversation forward with some of the culture codes that have served our family. This is season three, episode seven, where we'll spend some time talking about the why behind the what of a culture of discipleship and how you can nurture one for your own family. Thank you for joining us. All right, way well, hey, it is good to be back. We are grateful to be jumping back in to another stretch of episodes. Yeah. Hey, everybody. We're so excited to be back with you. Oh, yeah. It feels good. I like. I know uh, we've been on uh, a little bit of a break, and we can talk about that in a second, but uh, just a quick welcome to all of the folks that have been journeying with us for this whole time, this whole stretch, all of you wayfarers that have been running alongside us and listening along, but also want to welcome some of the new folks. Uh, we've learned of quite a few new folks that have just jumped in on the scene. And it's been such an encouragement hearing from folks about how this podcast is serving you. And that's the hope that it be useful, right? We talk about that quite a bit, that the plan here is just to carve out some space for deeper discussion, for richer conversations, if you will, about faith and family and the way that we follow Jesus. And all that comes with it in the life of the church and the way we do what we do and live life here in the present. And so we have been coming off of a bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this last seven weeks, I break is probably not the most appropriate word for it. Cause that kind of sounds like we've just been like doing nothing. <laughs> a break from re- releasing oh, and recording. Yes. Episodes. We've been taking a break from recording episodes. That's the clarity point. We've not been really on break at all. There's a lot going on. And so uh, I I feel, I mean, it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot to process. <laughs> you're looking at me like, is, you're yeah. looking at me like, and what's your point? No, I, there's been a lot that's, I mean, we're coming out of the gates. It's February. We're already into the new year. Um, A lot has already unfolded. There's quite a mix of moments already in our 2023. A lot has been happening. It's kind of felt like it's been just flying by, don't you think? Yeah, it's been full. I mean, a lot of it has been restful and, you know, trying to find those meaningful moments. But again, we've been we've been pretty busy and recording episodes and doing the podcast is just kind of one aspect of of what we are leaning into with the Brave Way Home. Um, but yeah, we had Christmas together um, with some of our family back in Illinois, celebrated the beginning of the year. Um, but also we've been leaning into treehouse times and having some really um, special and impactful conversations already this year. Um, uh, we got to travel to Minnesota. I always mix it up. <laughs> but- Minnesota is the state. Okay. Minneapolis, Minneapolis area. Is the, yes. <laughs> Plymouth, to be specific. Um, uh, but we got to go there uh, to kick off the very first Lookout for the Left Out sermon series. Like yeah. the first time that a church has really adopted that concept of that language to kind of steer their 
congregation, their family, in the direction of looking out for the left out around them. And it was it was so it was beautiful. I'm just beaming over it because I I mean, I remember it was several months ago when they when they were like, hey, has anyone ever done a sermon series based on look out for left out? We're like, no. And they were like, can we go first? And it was such a beautiful time, and it was such a, I think, a mobilizing time. We had so many just holy moments with people in conversation. It was life-giving, but it was just so powerful to see an entire church family entering their 2023 with the mission and the mindset of, this is the kind of people we want to be, mm-hmm. and this is the way we want to reach our community, and to have a life group uh, study plan with it and a 21 day prayer plan along with it. Yeah, they definitely went all in. It was just, oh, I like, I came home, we came home. I brought you with me. Um, (laughs) but I, I guess put in my words, I, I came home feeling like this was the first time getting to do this, but I don't feel like it's going to be the last. And I just, I feel like it does translate so beautifully, um, into what the gospel is. Like the more we read the gospels, the more we dig into who Jesus is and how he lived his life here, we realize like he is a lookout for the left out kind of savior. And we are to be a lookout for the left out kind of people. And so being able to just lean into that challenge, um, with that language that's been so meaningful to us, um, it was just beautiful. And the Plymouth family is already, uh, just such a beautiful part of how, um, the body of Christ is just encouraging and running alongside each other. We have so many beautiful connections with that church that are growing and deepening and and widening and getting more and more people pulled into it. But already we had those bonds. And so being able to be with them for the first time with the series, um, was was just really extra special. It was, yeah, it was a super cool way to come out of the gates in the new year. Uh, we started our year getting to tag in and do some look out for the left out assemblies mm-hmm. um, here locally in Louisville, and and then to literally hop on a plane head to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, you're gonna know some geography. <laughs> um, eventually, see, I care about the states that I, that we go to. It's not that you don't care; you just don't remember which ones are which. <laughs> I'm not keeping track. Like today, yeah. I'm in this state. Yeah, but to come out of the gates that way in 2023, it was just it was beautiful, and we can look ahead, and it's almost like God. I feel like God has given us a bit of a blueprint for other churches that are like, you know what? That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Why don't we lean into that? Plymouth has already helped create the blueprint that will serve other local churches in other locations, whatever yeah. that looks like. And I, I'm, I just, I'm geeked out about that. So yeah. yeah. And I mean, their small groups curriculum is already written. They've already shared it with us. We can share it with other people and written by, I mean, just amazing, amazing ministry minded people. So I don't know. I'm excited about all that God might bring to fruition through that. So. And that was just the first week of 2023. <laughs> yeah, we, we probably have... shouldn't do a full recap of the last month, but I mean, we, I mean, these are some of the things. Okay, right? so, so some highlights. Um, our son Ezra has been driving. Oh my We've goodness! We've been doing <laughs> training with him. I'm so excited about that, and it's been a little like, oh, you know, like there. We've had some, you know, moments of like, 
this is a big deal. We are not in a parking lot. We are on the road. I'm not in like behind the wheel. I'm in the, the passenger seat. Yeah. And all the things you take for granted when you've been driving for a while, things that are familiar, things that are easy, they are not easy for him. He does not he does not know to check when the turn lane opens and he doesn't know when to like how how to come to a stop right at the stop sign. Like he's doing great though. He really is. Like he's doing he's great. He's gonna be a great And I'm driver. telling you, if you see him out on the road, I mean like don't honk and wave because it'll distract him. <laughs> no, he's he's doing excellent and it has been one of those beautiful parental thresholds, you know, we got a long way to go with it, but like, I've just, I've just enjoyed watching him get better and better every time we go yeah. driving. Well, like, and it is, it's great time together where we're leaning into something together. We're like trying to help him with a goal of his, you know, um, and of ours that he would be able to be a safe driver. Um, and it, I don't know. It's Cause not everybody time is, not everybody is. Um, that's a, we could do a whole episode on yeah. how distracted people are on the we road. We, that, we can move on though. Okay. Another thing we did, or you did, <laughs> You had knee surgery just um, I didn't really do ago? it. It was other people that 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 worked on my knee. I just laid there. Well, you are the one doing the hard work of recovery. So, but it's doing you're you're doing great. Moving around, you're now fully I walk like a pirate. You're off the crutches. You're Yes, stairs in and out of cars. Stairs can... are still intimidating. Um, it it is kind of silly watching me get into a vehicle. I mean, I'm yeah, but we're, we're on the mend. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And we're heading into another big month. Um, we have a lot of things, you know, both personally and through the ministry coming up this month. Uh, but the first things are, um, so we have just a string of beautiful dates that we celebrate in February. February 10th is Cala's um, baptism anniversary day. That was the day that she... Uh, I just hear her in my head. I'm getting dunked. <laughs> yes. I just that was the day that she chose to make that public confession and be baptized. Um, the next day is Lila's birthday on the eleventh. Yeah. yeah, Lila will be eight. And we're gonna have a gazillion little seven and eight year olds destroying our home. Yep. Just like we did last year. <laughs> oh my goodness, the wreckage. <laughs> Those sweet little smiley faces just did to our house. Yeah, wow. It was it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> intense. They're, it was straight crazy. They're a year older, though, this year. and uh, I don't think it's going to matter. We're shortening the party time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a beautiful day. A, a little kid got into our pantry and went rogue, okay? I, I mean... <laughs> It was wild. Um, she ran in there. She found the stash of candy and like ran out there to everybody else, hands in the air, like, they've got candy. Yes. <laughs> and chaos ensued. And well, more chaos. She proceeded to throw it all over the floor <laughs> while another little girl was who had just gotten a hold of the Legos and had thrown them all over the floor. So it was, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's triggering right now to even think back to that. But that's coming up. We're excited about Lila's birthday party. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then um, Ezra's baptism anniversary is uh, February 14th. So we just get to celebrate each one of our kids in such a special way. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, uh, I look at it and I'm thinking, what a stretch. You know, we, we've got a full speaking schedule ahead of us. A um, lot of beautiful opportunities where we're going to get to visit 
church families and even some more schools to be able to lean into deeper things. And it's just good. It's good. And it's worth thanking God for and thanking all the people that are running alongside us. I mean, there's one thing about people that are inviting us to come and share is another thing about all the people that God is now weaving into our lives because mm-hmm. other people invited us to come and tag in in their church family. And so God is weaving a lot of beautiful things together. The calendar is starting to, um, let's just say, fill up. And so uh, looking ahead, there's just a lot of things that we can be grateful for and excited about. And so if you if you want to reach out, if you want to connect, whether it is to have some conversations, whether it's an invitation to come and partner, or if it's just like, hey, I need some treehouse time, or hey, uh, I just want to pass along some encouragement, we we are fueled by those moments. And so I'll throw it out there. Go to the website, thebravewayhome.com. You can email us, connect with us on socials, whatever those things are for you. But the the deeper thing for us is the connection point. And so we welcome that, but we should probably get to it, right? Don't you <laughs> sure. think we should get to it? Yeah. Um, some of you might be thinking, why is this episode seven of season three and not episode one of season four? <laughs> it is a little confusing. I think the last episode we framed it as, okay, this is the end of the season, the finale. and But dun, dun, interestingly dun. enough, the title of that one was The End Is Not The End. And so... <laughs> We're just we're just uh, feel like we have a little extra permission to play off of that. Um, but our our plan had been all along to just maybe take a couple more of our um, culture codes and kind of combine them all into one bonus episode to release. Um, but that just I don't know, it didn't happen easily. But then it also felt a little bit like we were just, like cheating what we could pull out from it. What yeah, we could there's there's so much explain. richness and meaningfulness in these culture codes, these this language and liturgy that shaped so much of the way we do life and the way we create a culture of discipleship in our home. It felt like we need to just let this kind of unfold slower and longer instead of um, rush it and so and try and cram it all into one thing. And so we we knew. This was the time to take a little bit of a breather and a break and enjoy Christmas and be with family and make room for some of the other things. But yeah, so there you have it. This next stretch of episodes will kind of be like picking up where we left off and carrying the conversation forward about some of the the language and the liturgy that God has used to galvanize our walks with him. Um, as individuals and as a family. Yeah. And I mean, we've said it before, but it's been a little while now, but uh, we're really not trying to convince anybody to adopt our culture code. Uh, but we just are encouraging you to develop your own. And that takes some intentional thinking, an intentional process. Um, and it's based on the things that you've chosen to place value on, the traits that you want to be known for. And so um, we're, it's been encouraging to hear from people who have listened to this season. Um, they are sharing some of their own culture codes with us, which has been super cool to just super, talk through. Super, super cool. But also um, even just identifying things that they recognize were values in their home as they grew up. Um, seeing how they processed that, how that influenced the things that they celebrated, the things that they did, um, the things that they placed 
you know, emphasis on. Uh, so I, I don't know. Every family is just going to pronounce the mission differently because everybody's different. And so culture codes just they're unique in that they create this unifying language for your family and they champion the values that you want to embody as a family. Um, so it's, it's just been great to have those conversations with other people um, and learn from them about what they are valuing, what they are, are embodying and embracing and experiencing in their family culture. Yeah. We're not planning to share a specific Team Woods culture code in today's episode, but since it's been a little while, we wanted to revisit a few things that will hopefully serve you as a listener, specifically as you build a culture code that pronounces your core values. And so today, a lot of our conversation will stem from and run back to the idea of the why behind the what, because that's something we have to consider as we're identifying our core values, the why behind the what. So you want your family to be polite? <laughs> What's the why behind the what of that? I mean, we can start with something, a simple behavior that we want to see emulated, but then you have to kind of trace it back to what it is that feeds that. Um, you want them to be polite because uh, you want them to treat others with respect. Well, okay, why? Let's dig a little deeper behind that because we want other people to think that we've got it all together and our kids are perfect angels. <laughs> <laughs> um, or because we don't want them to have anything to criticize us for and our kids have to perform very perfectly every time. Perfectly? Perfectly? That's not the how you pronounce perfectly. <laughs> got it. Um, but that's not the reason. The real reason is because we believe that every person is made in God's image and therefore has inherent worth that every person, regardless of ethnicity or age or income or religion or station is valuable to Jesus and is therefore to be treated as such. That's tracing the what of politeness and, you know, general kindness back to the why so that you can identify the deepest value. Absolutely. And I think if you're, if your goal is to nurture a culture of discipleship in your home or even in your school or your church or your team, like on your staff, like your place of employment. Think of all of the circles and, and the different environments and settings that you're in. As believers, like your values should always point back to Jesus and a life more devoted, right? Like more surrendered, more focused on following him, a life that lets the Holy Spirit continually refine our character and transform us in the way that we live. And so back to our role for us as, as parents, choosing to embrace the privilege of pastoring our children and setting that course, there are arrows. And so our, our primary intention is to aim them at Jesus. We want that target to be heaven. We, we, we're aiming our children at Jesus. And so I just, I want to throw out a phrase that has been very helpful in our pursuit of trying to re like refine that and clarify that that pursuit of like really leaning in on our why behind the what that thinking that mindset and and we'll just unpack it some of it and see kind of where that takes us deal deal okay here's the phrase the world's values are not god's values disciples discern the difference the world's values are not God's values. Disciples discern the difference. And so that has been a phrase that has truly helped us galvanize a lot of our why behind the what. 
because we fill our days with all kinds of what's. And sometimes we don't really know why because we go through motions, right? That's, that's human nature. But if we're going to raise disciples of Jesus, if we are going to aim our arrows at Jesus, introducing them to who he is and what he wants, then we're not, we, we won't live like the world and we won't teach our kids to value what the world does. And so it kind of demands that we know the difference. It demands that we know what the ways of the world, but also the ways of God so that we can discern the difference. And so the world's values are not God's values. Disciples discern the difference. This this isn't like, uh, how do you put it? Like canonized it's Team Woods formal. Yeah. Team Woods culture code, right? Like it's, it's not on the wall somewhere in our house. <laughs> but it is something that we say often. It's something that we use often to distinguish what we're running after. And I think if we're going to talk about like how we assess and evaluate our, our motives in our pursuits and all of these sidebar invitations to other missions that are constantly bombarding us. Um, these, this is a guidepost, I think, that can serve that prop process because we are bombarded a lot in this life to sell a little bit more of ourselves to someone other than our king. That is the invitation that the ways of the world invite us to. Because we, we lead by example, don't we? Like where we lead our families, it is massively impacted by how we are living life ourselves. And so if we're not taking the time to examine and assess that, we can be filling our days with a bunch of what's that aren't rooted in really strong whys. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but that's, that's where my mind goes with it. Yeah. And I think if you're developing a culture code based on your values, if you don't recognize whether or not those are values based on Jesus's values, um, you can you can you can try to take your family in a good direction, but it will end up not being a holy direction because you're not basing that on a value that's deeper, um, that that's a part of a new nature transformed by Jesus. Yeah. So if we are. If we're determined to follow Jesus deeper and closer, our direction will naturally be shaped by him, not other things. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be shaped by what the world calls us to pursue. And we have to be able to discern, discern the, the difference. And when you look at scripture, I, th I think it's packed full of passage after passage of this tension point. Like God's economy is totally different than that of this world. His priorities are totally different. Like we, we have a tendency to look on what's, look at what's on the outside, and and God is pretty clear. I'm looking at what's on the inside. I want to know what's going on in your heart. And so, our values are to align with His. If we're to be His disciples, His followers, His His wayfarers, mm -hmm. uh, my mind, uh, it just kind of jumps to. Well, Jesus, right? Like Jesus has a lot to say about this stuff. I mean, whether you've grown up in church or not, or you are connected in the life of the church or not right now, Sermon on the Mount might come to mind. You know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Do you remember in Bible college in Life of Christ where we memorized? memorize Matthew 5? Oh, I remember being so intimidated of it, but so thankful for it. <laughs> and in like, hindsight, I'm looking back and I was like, I viewed that as an assignment. Like I made myself do it so that I could just have an, an, a grade. But I should have done that for myself, like just to have that stored away. But Well, it 
it's foundational. Yeah. And so I think when the word is in our hearts, it it will come out our mouths and come to our mind when it when when we need it, right? But the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, how many times in the teachings of Jesus do we see that countercultural movement that he's calls a, calling us to live out? Like how many times just in that sermon alone, you've heard it said this, but let me tell you, I'm telling you this, mm-hmm. pick all the different topics in the Sermon on the Mount, every parable. I think when Jesus is telling these, these stories and these parables and he's teaching, he's trying to help us see that there's, this is an invitation to a different way of seeing and living life. Yeah. It makes me think of that Colossians two and three, where Paul's talking about how Christ has cut away our old sinful nature and giving us, given us a new nature, a new nature with new appetites and behaviors and desires and practices and pursuits, but it's a new kind of life. And because of that, like verse uh, one of chapter three is since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your minds on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the right hand of the father. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. It's just highlighting the fact that there are two kinds of natures. The one is the world's way of doing things. One is God's way of doing things. And we have to put to death the things of the old so that we can embrace the new. My mind is kind of racing with other passages. Uh, Paul wrote other letters to other local churches, yeah, right? A popular uh, one of his themes for sure. Yes. I mean, Galatians 5. That's a, that's a good example, I think, when talking about this topic where Paul is juxtaposing life in the flesh, so the way of the world, and he's putting it alongside of the way of living by the Spirit. And he, he uses language like how they're, they're contrary, that they are in conflict mm-hmm. with each other, and that they produce radically different outcomes. And that, well, life lived in the spirit by the spirit well it produces fruit i mean we, we're, we're familiar with that the right you know spirit, yeah. yes but in verse uh this would be verse 24 right like so after he's just kind of set these side by side and this is chapter five right mm-hmm. after he set these side by side that's that's when he says those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires that's pretty powerful But to then say, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I think that very clearly to me is another example in Scripture where it's, okay, there's two different pathways with two different outcomes filled with all kinds of what's. Do you know why you're moving in the trajectory that you're moving? Because when you belong to Christ Jesus, that closes the door to a whole host of other outcomes. But if you're not living by the Spirit, walking, keeping in step, pace, language, right? Well, then you're going to find yourself on roads you never meant to walk down. And you're not going to know why you're doing what you're doing without a harder, closer, sometimes, oftentimes more painful look. Yeah. And one of my favorite verses is just a a chapter after that it's Galatians 6 but it's like as for me may I never boast about anything except for the cross of Jesus Christ because of that cross my interest in the world has died and the world's interest in me has also died Um, and then talks about how 
nothing really matters of like the worldly significance, but what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. That is the the hinge point of when this new life begins is when God is beginning to transform us because we have cut away the old nature, because Christ has cut away the old nature, and we are instead choosing to go in the direction of the new. Yeah. Oh, and I just read this morning in Romans 8 that we no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. The sinful nature uh, thinks about sinful things, but the spirit controlled by the spirit thinks about things that please the spirit, things that lead to life. I love when you're like, oh, I just read this this morning. Romans 8. Romans 8 is such a, mm, yeah, I want to just, yeah, beat my chest and scream the truths of Romans 8. Uh, (laughs) But since you just did, I, I, like, I, Let's jump to another one. Um, Ephesians 4, another letter to another church where Paul has just got done talking about unity in the body. And he, he's reminding them of like, you are, you're called to live as children of light. And he talks about how like, and when you're in darkness, like you're, it's, it's hopeless, it's confused, it's backwards, it's turned around. But like, that's not, that's not who you're called to be. That's not what you've been taught. That is not where Christ is calling you to live. But I, I, I love this. I want to read just a couple verses real quick. It's, it's in 22. Verse 22, he says, Throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, mm-hmm. full of lust and deception. Instead. Keyword, right? Instead. Instead. That means change course, right? Mm-hmm. There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and your attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. And I think like over and over, we are reminded of this language. With new nature comes new mission. There's a course change. There's a change in trajectory. Like with new nature comes new mission. Second Corinthians five. We could do this all day. Um, the old is gone. The new has come, right? You, you, you therefore carry forward the ministry of reconciliation because you know, reconciliation and a life lived that way is literally going to implore others to be reconciled. That's the, I'm going this way because of who Jesus is. And I'm going to, I'm going to be an example that invites other people to leave the ways of the world and move in this direction. I think it's just that reminder that being in Christ is constantly going to be at odds with being in this world. Yeah. All throughout scripture, we are told to embrace new nature, new mission, new values. And I think it's because the world's values are not God's values. Disciples discern the difference. Yeah. Well, and since our values shape our culture... We have to spend this time looking at the why behind the what, allowing our codes to spring from those deepest God-given, Jesus-centered, heavenly-minded, new nature kind of values. We can't settle for making culture code based off of the old kind of values. We have got to pursue the new nature values. Absolutely. I like the way you worded that. I, Yeah, that, that was good for my heart. Uh the world's values are not God's values. Disciples discern the difference. And I know I keep repeating it because I want it to stick. You're probably, though, listening. And you're like, I'm not having trouble with the first part of the sentence. Like, 
I get it. I, I'm a human. I have a brain. I live life. Um, I can tell that that God's ways are different than the world's ways. But may, maybe where we get hung up and, and the tension that we know, the trouble that we find, the struggle that we face is that second part of the phrase. We live in that tension. Disciples discern the difference. And it's because life is so messy. Like some things are very black and white and very clear, but we live a lot of life in the gray and we get really uncomfortable with things not being neat and tidy and clear. And so I think there's, there's a good reminder here in this. Just the definition of discernment. Let me just throw this out there. To perceive, recognize, identify, distinguish, distinctness, right? Like those are, those are maybe some good words to attach to a definition, a well-rounded, robust definition of discernment. But it's that idea of we have to be able to differentiate. And I think what we can be reminded of, the good reminder is this, we don't discern alone. Yeah. It's not all on you. Like we, we have God's word, we have God's Holy Spirit, and we have God's people. That's why we're called to live in community. That's why we're to be anchored in his word so that that's the truth washing over us. And we're unpacking that alongside other believers running after Jesus knowing that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, our, our, our guiding presence in our hearts is shaping our walk, but it's alongside other people. And so maybe a, a, a simple, actionable step uh, that for you to consider. I'll, let me just throw it out there this way. To just apply some fresh eyes and take inventory of your day-to-day Ask yourself, what gets most of your attention? What, what appetites do you focus on feeding? Like what values are driving your behaviors? I know sometimes we, we don't think enough about how we think. And we don't, we don't often do the hard work of taking inventory of some of this stuff. But if the way you live your life is the what, then the reason you do it the values that drive you is the why. That's the why. The why is the purpose. It's the intent. It's the reason. The what is the expression of it, the pronunciation of it. And then I think if we don't know where to start, maybe we start with just some self-reflection on what are we pronouncing? Because if Christ is not the center of us, he will not be the center of our relationships. He won't be the center of our marriages. He won't be the center of our families. He won't be the center of our cultures that we create in our home. He won't be the centers of any other circle that we find ourselves in. So if we, if we take some time to, to take inventory, well, then that can then give a, a, a list of values that we can take an honest look at. Mm-hmm. And maybe your next step is to just invite another believer that you are journeying alongside into that process with you. And discern, are these things in alignment with God's values? Because there's always a why behind the what. There's always going to be a deeper why. It may not always be crystal clear. It may be more subconscious, but it also may not be solid. It may be a pretty weak why that we find ourselves doing things. But when we can identify what those values are for as an individual, well, we can then nurture the values that align with Jesus' work in our lives and begin to root out the ones that do not belong. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think something we emphasize when it comes to uh, culture code creation is the process, um, three-step process. The first one is embrace, the second is embody, and the third is experience. We unpack that a little bit more in depth, I think, in episode one of this season. Uh, But when we embrace a vision, then we begin to embody the values attached to that vision. And then that is the culture that you experience, the culture that is created. It's a great litmus test. I think it's a good assessment of cultural health, no matter what the circle or setting. Yeah. And I think as you embrace God's values, that new nature living in you, like like you said, rooting out the ones that don't belong and instead walking forward on the ones that um, do, you will embody his behaviors as you go. And then you will experience the transformation that living life his way brings. Um, But so will the lives that come into contact with your lives. So will the lives that follow your life. Um, your family and the people that you're setting an example for, they will experience this too. And that's kind of how you clear the path, point the way, walk there with how you serve as an example and a leader in your family culture, how you can create and enjoy a culture of discipleship that your whole family will grow more like Jesus in. I love that you made that connection. I love (laughs) that you made that connection to clear the path point the way, walk there with. <laughs> Your language is, is just so. I, it, it, like, I, but I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, you, <laughs> you, yeah, it, it's very important language. And I know we unpacked some of that. Uh, I think that was in season two a bit where we're, when we were leaning into how we connect relationally, the, the focusing on who we wayfare with. And it's because those are all really simultaneous steps. Mm-hmm. Right? They're more than systematic. It, it, it's, it's clear the path, point the way, walk there with. They're all kind of happening at the same time. And so those are steps that keep you an active participant in the ongoing culture creation process. You're not setting the parameters and then piecing out and being like, oh, it works out. Like <laughs> you're not you're not spectating. Mm-hmm. You are engaging. Dare I say you're curating, you're cultivating to put some more words to it. And you're growing. Alongside, alongside within the culture that you are creating. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, like none of this is to burden you, but we do hope to call you, to in- invite you, equip you, inspire you to be more intentional about the culture that you are fostering in your environments. Uh, because we say this all the time, even if you don't have a stated mission and vision and culture for your family, you still have one. You're still operating in a culture. You just haven't taken the time to recognize what kind of culture you want to foster. It's maybe just sitting in one that that you've sat in for a long time. Um, And so this is just the step of taking that proactiveness to move forward in a direction. It's a determination to allow the why of God's values to shape the what's of your daily living. And that kind of living will be very peculiar to the world around us. Hmm. Like you're going to stand out. You will be different. You will be salt. You will be light. And you're going to get some pushback from the world, those who belong to it. Jesus has been really clear over and over again. They're going to hate you, but they hated me first. And he still invites us to the hard things of denying ourselves and taking up our cross, right? Mm -hmm. These are, these are non-negotiables, but here's the truth that is attached to it. It doesn't matter what the world calls you when the King calls you his. 
We're called to be set apart, a set apart people. Our citizenship is in heaven and we are colonizing earth with God's heavenly culture. And it's not just pushback from the world that we should expect and that we have to overcome. It's also pushback from our old nature, our own selves, because our sinful nature dies hard. And that inclination to serve self is so stubborn. That die to self lifestyle, rejecting the sinful nature and embracing a new nature, letting your mind be controlled by the spirit. That's hard stuff. That's like daily sacrifice, daily dying to self stuff. And it's foolishness to the world. They will look at at a family culture that is shaped by God's values and think that makes no sense. But it's also contrary to our own natural inclinations that Romans 8 again, the sinful nature is hostile to God. But Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts, and that is how he's transforming us. That's how we embrace a new mission of living to please God and not ourselves. So you have to push back against the pushback that you're getting from the world. But you also have to be ready and push back against the pushback you're getting from yourself, from your old nature. Absolutely. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about this wayfaring perspective. I mean, anybody who's been tagging along and listening to the podcast or been journeying with the Brave Way Home, you hear us use this language all the time. We want to let heavenly thinking invade our earthly living. I mean, you take a look around, you're going to see all kinds of lives marked by all kinds of different values, wrong values, chasing after the wrong things that will not satisfy. But Jesus says, not so with you. We are to be different. We are to be peculiar. And it's because we're wayfarers. It's because we, we embrace a mindset that says this world is not our home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Just how scripture continues to repeat. And so as we kind of wrap this up, let me just say this. As you await the day that Jesus returns, embrace the new mission that comes with new nature. Embody the values of that new nature and experience the culture that will inevitably result. And people will fall in love with Jesus because of your faithful pursuit after 